Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it, you're acting like a child. Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Horror. No normal mind can imagine. I'm gonna die here. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Fucking dead bastard. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Feminists of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good, doing good. Happy the uh, Christmas season is uh, coming to a close. Yeah, I mean, for all the stress that we put into Christmas, it's just over so quickly. It was just a mess of leftovers and dirty dishes behind. Oh, oh. and tons of boxes look at that stash of boxes over there well at least they're nicely broken down I, of course i broke them down you should have seen the pile before i broke them down <laughs> well, gotta tidy the man cave you know well my christmas is usually dragged out just because you know we each have two sets of parents to to spread it over so we literally have four christmases oh um, like the movie that's so cute it's not as entertaining though less fights Less fights. Maybe there should be. Maybe there should be more fights. We used to getting uh, at least one fight a year between me and my cousin. I don't really hang out with him anymore, so. It's too much fighting. We don't fight. There you go. Yeah. All right, so I, I, let's just jump right into it. It's almost the new year. It's almost a different decade. We're about to be going into the roaring 20s. I can't, actually, we had this conversation, uh, my wife and I had this conversation earlier, and uh, she was talking to our daughter, and she's like, oh, she's like, I don't know, Lily, we're going into the, you know, 2019's going away, we're going into the roaring 20s, you got your flapper outfit, like, ready to go, <laughs> and I said, well, imagine if, like, that started coming back into style, and she'd be like, that would be amazing. That would be kind of cool, like. Guys dressed up nice, you know, they had like the nice hats, you got a fedora. Everyone you, walked around wearing a suit. You got your Tommy gun under your jacket. <laughs> well, you know, you can hide a Tommy gun under a jacket. But anyway. Right, but. Everyone seems so cool. But they all probably had lung cancer. Oh. Everyone smoked. At least later on, yeah. To wrap up this decade, which has been a great decade for horror, I figure each of us picked ten of our favorite movies from the past decade. Again, not necessarily best movies of the decade. No, come that, on. These are the best. Because <laughs> it's all up to interpretation. Everything's it's, up to interpretation. Right. I definitely have not seen all the movies that I should have seen. There are nope. movies that I put on top of my list that I wish I had seen. But anyway, right. your number 10. My number 10, I went with The Purge. Ooh, The Purge. Great I, I loved I loved the concept of this movie. Uh, so we had we had Ethan Hawke and Lena Headley, who uh, obviously we know as Cersei, 
Cersei. I was going to say we know her as Sarah Connor. Yeah, this is true, too. Mm-hmm. So, basically, there's one night out of the year where you can... There's no crime. No, You can't be arrested for any crime. So, basically, you can kill, steal, get it it. And, of course, Ethan Hawke is the... He owns the company that makes the security systems for these homes and stuff like that. And it seems... Uh, seems like everybody is out to get him. So, but I love the idea of just one day you can just do whatever the fuck you want. Twelve hours, I believe. Was it just twelve hours? It was, was basically it? just the night. It was from seven to seven, I believe. But yeah, very scary because you could imagine all this pent up anger, and, and basically that's the idea that you purge and you you get rid of all these so, evil feelings. Okay, so what happens the next day? That's a great thing to bring up. So not only you bring up this movie, which starts a whole franchise, um, started a series, which is really cool, but this latest season is between purges, so it shows you what happened. Because I can't imagine beating my neighbor in the face with a shovel one day, (laughs) and then just see the next day, and like, hey, Harry, how you doing? (laughs) No hard feelings, even though now I've got pancake face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, so um, I haven't started the series yet. I have to start the series. But, yeah, we, after we saw this, we are just like, so what, do they just go to work the next day? It's like, hey, Dick, how you doing? <laughs> We're fine. My name is Richard. <laughs> All right, so my number 10, I kind of split because it was very difficult to make a choice. But I went with Belko Experiment. Not familiar with Belko Experiment? I don't think I am. Great movie where um, it's basically this business that gets outsourced to, I want to say, Columbia. And they're basically isolated in this office building. And at one point during the day, steel shutters come down. Everyone's locked in. And it's basically a free-for-all. Everyone is forced to murder a certain amount of people to make it to the next round. And if they don't comply, they have these chips in their neck, which will explode their whole head off. Hmm. It's very intense, very awesome, and comedic at the same time. That's very interesting. You'll have, to, you'll have to send me that. My one that almost made it, Mayhem, which is almost the same thing. They get locked down into this office building, but this is some kind of virus or something going around that causes people to go crazy for a short period of time. Hmm. Both great movies because if you've ever worked in an office and you imagine being stuck there, it's inevitable that you will pick up a stapler and shove it into someone's forehead and then shove your office chair up their ass. I mean, it's just inevitable. Well, happy Monday. Well, I'd like to go work there. So my number nine, I did The Witch. The Witch, stylized as the VV itch? Yes, yes. Okay. Okay, um, so basically we have a family. This takes place in the 17th century New England. Um, you know, during the whole kind of like like the whole Salem witch kind of like era. Okay, the witch where, trials. Right, so they were basically banished from their plantation because they thought they were, well, because of their differences in um, principles. So they take off and they settle in this place. And... Um, like their their baby just disappears. I don't know where. Poof. Poof. Basically, um, so basically they never find they 
they unsuccessfully kind of, you know, find them, and they just, everything just kind of goes wrong for these people. And it's, I would say Baby Disappearing is a top everything going wrong. It's really cool. It, it's a really cool movie. The um, the effects are really good. But I've heard a lot about this movie. have not seen it yet. Yeah, it's very witchy, obviously. I but, would <laughs> hope so. At no, least it's, it's, for at least one of these yeah. Vaviches. My number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Happy Death Day. This was a movie I was not expecting to get much out of. But I put it on and I was floored. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Such a great idea. Super fun. Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces as it's on as it's on TV, but you have one, to watch it. It's, it's one. Whole, it's actually on my. Through. It's actually on my like to to watch list. The girl that plays Tree is amazing. It is such a fun like twist, and this is one of those movies that shows you just because it's PG thirteen doesn't mean it can't be a great horror movie. So basically, she's stuck in a time loop where she experiences her birthday over and over. And she gets killed at the end of each one. So she has to relive it again until she finds her killer. And it's very Groundhog Day-ish, which they even bring up in the movie, which even makes it better. Because it's like, ooh. Like, I don't know. This movie was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. It's funny. It's got some great kills. She obviously dies mad times. It's cool. So, my number eight is actually a sequel. I went with Hatchet 2. Ooh. I like, I, I love, I'm becoming a big Adam Green fan. Um, Adam Green, I believe he's a native of Massachusetts. Yes, he's from Holliston. Uh, right up the road. Absolutely. Um, but I, I love, I mean, I love the first one. Obviously, it fell before our decade thing otherwise i'd put that in. right cut but off. it was it was basically like a good resurgence for for kane hodder because it gave him a new character to kind of latch on to since you know basically friday the 13th has been know. put on the back burner right so but in this one it kind of gave him also another chance to show like his dramatic side also and it gave the backstory of the victor crowley character i love that the deaths the deaths were absolutely amazing Actually, my favorite was John Carl um, Buechler, who was the director of Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, who played this, I don't even know how to describe him, like a fisherman. He was basically a fisherman. <laughs> so he ends up like reaching into his stomach and just pulling his intestines out. It was like feet, just like feet and feet and feet of like intestines. It was a pretty, pretty awesome death. I love that series. I still have to see the Victor Crowley movie, which is kind of like part four, but it's just basically a backstory on... on right, yeah. I've only seen the first Hatchet. I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of a cool... Set in New Orleans, right? Yep. And it had um, <laughs> what, DJ Squalls. In the first one. Yeah. Yeah. He's not but, in it, the sequel. Spoiler. No. But in the second one, you have, you have Tony Todd. Okay. Uh, Tony Todd is in it. Um, Candyman. Uh, <laughs> Bill Mosley. Just a great, great cast. So, great, great horror cast. Okay. It's so, like that that whole group. I, I enjoyed it. I urge you to see two and three. 
Okay, I'll I'll have to rewatch part one, and then I'll definitely check out the future hatchets. My number eight has been debated as being a horror movie, but I strongly suggest that you look up the definition of horror before you make that assumption. Cheap thrills. Cheap thrills. Cheap thrills. So, you've got Ethan Embry, who I don't know if you recall, was in Empire Records. I do. Great role in Empire Records. Pat Healy is this guy down on his luck. He's lost his job. He's about to get evicted. He needs money. He's drinking at the bar because he's just completely out. His wife's at home. His... uh, Oh man, his wife is played by Amanda Fuller, who you may know from Last Man Standing, Tim Allen's new home improvement. Mm -hmm. Great show. Mm. So, Pat Healy runs into his old boy, Mark, from Empire Records, Ethan Embry. His name's Vince in this, but I'll always know him as Mark. Ethan Embry's kind of like a uh, loan shark. And Pat Healy's trying to get in on that to try to make some extra money. Now, I hate hate to ruin this guy's name because everyone knows who he is. He's hilarious. David Kochner? Kechner. Thank you. Him and Sarah Paxton are out celebrating her birthday. And they've got money to spend. And what they do to enjoy themselves is place crazy bets. And basically... They make our boys, Craig, that's uh, Pat Healy's character, and Vince just do increasingly crazier things. And obviously, so Vince's loan shark character, he kind of doesn't give a fuck. He likes money. He'll do things for money. His morals, his like level of morality is very low. But Craig is desperate. He's got his wife and... Uh, not a newborn, but a small child at home that he needs to provide for. So he's desperate. So he's consistently raising the bar on craziness to outdo his crazy friend. And they just keep making more money and more money. And it makes you ask the question, how far would you go if you were desperate to provide for your family? And that is a horrific thing to think about. Mm -hmm. Because in reality... Most people would probably do crazy things. If you're backed into a corner, how far would you go to get out of that corner? Uh, I mean, yeah, I can I mean, hear my kids screaming from upstairs, and I know that I would, I would probably do every single thing that this guy does in this movie for those crazy little bastards. I agree. I would do the exact same. So number seven, a little foreign film, Train <clears throat> to Busan. Ooh, this was on a lot of lists that I saw. I have not yes. seen it yet. It's it, it's it's pretty good. I, I watched it because I saw it on like a bunch of lists. Um, so basically, um, you have an investment investment manager. His name's like Suk Woo. Suk Woo. <laughs> I'm not really good with Korean. Names. That does not sound like a so, real name. So basically, he's kind of a selfish prick. And kind of he neglects his daughter, but he misses his mother. He needs to go to Busan. Busan. Okay. Um, so on the train, 
a woman attacks like another like a member of the train staff. So all of a sudden, everyone else starts turning into zombies. And oh, you can I kinda, hate when that happens. So you can kind of see where where the movie goes. As you know, one person's infected, starts eating people. Is this a like a sequel to Snakes on a Plane? You got zombies <laughs> on a train. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I'm fucking sick of these motherfucking zombies on this motherfucking train. Yeah. So so basically, I mean, it's like a survival movie. Try to get to Busan, and you know, there's just zombies. You just have to live to the last stop. Basically. That sounds pretty cool. My number seven, Get Out. That was a uh, great, great movie, and I'm a terrible person for not getting to that yet. It happens, because a lot of these movies I haven't got out to yet, so I'm not going to hold it against you. But Get Out was... It was great. Like, right from, like, the beginning, like, you knew that this was, like, an artistic movie, which you don't expect because it's made by Jordan Peele, who, until then, you only saw of half a comedy duo. Right. And you've seen, like, I mean, obviously he's hilarious, but now you see the brilliance. Right. Like, just from, like, the usage of Childish Gambino's uh, Redbone song, <laughs> you know, you gotta stay woke. And that's kind of just played very subtly when you first meet the couple. Great movie. So there's like a lot of like little intricate pieces played throughout like that where like you might not necessarily catch it the first time you watch it. But it's a great movie. Obviously, it's uh, very race related and it's horrifying. Yeah, man. It's it's like it's deep. It's scary. It's also funny. But not as funny where I would call it a comedy, which is right. the reason that it made to the Academy Awards, that will cease to amaze me until they add horror to the list of acceptable movies. Like, uh, I don't I don't know, man. I don't get the fucking See, and Academy. I, and I, think, I think that's why I kind of stayed away from, from his movies, because I'm like, why? I didn't get him doing horror movies at first, but from the more, the more I hear, you know, Get Out is phenomenal. Well, see, the way I see it is, for the longest time, I mean, you, there's so many great examples, but comedians can play, not that he's in the movie, but like comedians right. can play some of the most serious roles because to portray comedy correctly and to make it funny, you kind of have to be a great actor and be like over the top. Just look at Walter White. True. Brian Cranston. Started as the goofy father on Malcolm in the Middle, and he's done so many goofy characters like that. He was the dentist on Seinfeld, and you just see him as this goofy, funny guy, but then when he's serious, holy fucking crap, is he like deadpan in your face. I am the one that knocks. No, another, another great pick. So, my number six, I went with The Conjuring. Ooh. Awesome. Ed and Lorraine Warren. I've, I've, you know, I even before this movie had come out, we had, we had learned like you know kind of about them. So uh, we were really interested to, to see this movie, and I actually heard a podcast that had the actual daughter, who was you know part of that family, so like their side of the story. The Warren family. No, no, no. The the family that was affected. In the movie, oh, okay. That they, so, were, right, that, they were, that they were performing the exorcism. 
Okay. I have not um, seen The Conjuring, so I do not know, but I'm familiar with The Warrens. Right. So, typical exorcism kind of movie. Okay. Um, but a lot of the a lot of the jump scares and like things like that were, were really well done. I enjoyed it. Of course, you know, they added a lot more. You know, there's so many movies that have jumped off of this, off that franchise. You have the Annabelle, Annabelle movies, which are great. Um, I think the funniest thing about the Annabelle series is that creepy doll that they use for the movie is very creepy. But the real doll is, is Raggedy, Raggedy Ann. Ann. Yeah. Which was very creepy. <laughs> Absolutely. My, my sister had one of those. I, got, I think I had, what was it, Raggedy Andy? Yep. So I think I had him, she had Raggedy Ann, and those dolls are creepy. Yeah. Little button eyes. Well, maybe it was possessed, who knows? Yeah, they probably were after we got rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it was a definite universe that, I, that I'm a big fan of, and I'm looking forward to next year where they come out with part three. And the title of part three is The Devil Made Me Do It. That is a great title. I love it. That sounds like a rock album. Right? Black Sabbath Reunion. <laughs> the Devil Made Me Do It. And also money. <laughs> My number six, which we'll have to uh, kind of hit a U-turn on because it's already been mentioned, The Purge. <laughs> so if you're following at home, you may have to take a drink because it looks like we've got a duplicate. But I do have to say that The Purge is awesome. The first movie isn't even my favorite in the series, but I have to mention it because it kicked off a franchise, and it gave this idea, and the idea was fresh, and the first movie probably didn't have that, you know, bust your belt budget, so they put it into this house where they're trapped in the house, and they basically have to fend themselves off. Which makes for a great horror movie. Most of the greatest horror movies of all time are people bunkered up trying to survive. So for future movies, they go outside and they get to explore and you get to see what's going on. It has to be mentioned because it's such a great kickoff to a great franchise that's still going. Purge on, America. So my number five, I went with Sinister. Sinister? Have you seen it? No. So, Sinister is Ethan Hawke. He's like this, um, like a washed-up true crime, true crime like writer. Okay. Or he buys, the, he goes, they go into this house. They buys this house, and in the attic, they find these old, like Super Eight, like home videos. And he watches, he watches the home videos, and in every video, this like this like thing, this like evil chick or whatever the hell whatever it was it's just like this dark figure that's like in each video and i think he believe he found some like pictures too where he found he found like images in the background ends up you know he goes fucking ballistic and i mean the movie's you know seven years old so i guess can't really be giving any spoilers away but he i mean he basically goes whoa whoa i haven't seen it okay but you could say the movie's sinister. It is sinister. I mean, that's a creepy premise, like the picture right. with things in it. Without without giving things... I mean, basically, he goes batshit crazy. I highly recommend it. I thought it was an amazing movie. They did a sequel, but I haven't I haven't seen it. Is he in it, or is it He's completely not different people? It. Okay. He's not in oh. it. Love a good downward spiral. My number five, a Netflix original, Bird Box. I didn't 
follow the uh, the trend with that one. There was a trend with it, and basically, while it edged out my other number five, I was going back and forth on this. Even to today, before you came over, I left this blank, and I watched the trailer for both movies, and this one totally beat it out because when it when I first saw it, I was blown away. It was really good. It was creepy as all hell. The premise was good. Um, it kind of was like The Happening, if The Happening was a good movie. So you got everyone like well, kind of killing it was, themselves. It was okay until the end. It, it, for, me, for me, like I thought it was a decent movie and then the ending was just fucking awful. Yes, the movie, that ending was definitely awful. So anyway, Sandra Bullock, who is probably famous for not liking to do horror movies, did this. And this goes to show you, like... What are you talking about? She did the first movie in the trilogy, 28 Days. Ha, ha, ha. That's a good one. 20, 28 Days, 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later. Uh, that was a funny meme. You sent me that meme. I, I, probably, I will post that meme. I probably laughed for like friggin' half an hour. I mean, I guess Netflix now is a big studio. Like, they've got money to spend. And when they put it into something like this, it's awesome. I mean, look at the cast. So, obviously, you got Sandra Bullock, Sarah Paulson, but John Malkovich. He is a great character in this movie. He's kind of an asshole, which he's great at playing. But he's also the voice of reason at many times. So obviously the premise is you have to cover your eyes because whatever you see, these weird entities that have come about are like draw on your worst fear and it's just too much for your mind to take and you just have to die. So as long as you don't see them, you're okay. Or at least mostly okay. Because I guess they, they do still fuck with you. It started the Bird Box Challenge. Oh, Did you God. ever hear about that? Just oh, a bunch of God. idiots blindfolding themselves and then yeah, and doing things. Over, yeah, getting run over by trains. and Oh, my God. We do not suggest you do the Bird Box Challenge at home. But if you do, make sure your friends aren't assholes and let you walk in front of a fucking train. Maybe just fall into a pit. That's fine. I mean, I mean granted, now we've been out of high school for 20 years. We would have definitely done the Bird Box Challenge. I, I'm sure one of us would be missing a limb at this point. Yeah, probably. But, but I don't know. We just, we, we just didn't. I mean, those things weren't things that we just went out and did other stupid shit. No, it wasn't like... We, I mean, we, we, we... Hashtag cut yourself. <laughs> we did other stupid things. So number four, it. I don't know if it actually classifies as horror, but I've heard and seen it on other lists. So which made me put it on the list, and I love this movie, is uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Okay, What bit, We Do in the Shadows. Bit, bit of an indie film. Well, it is an indie film. It's more it comedic, but it it's is, got the it's horror at, tone, and I'll accept does. it. So we first saw the first, like, 20 minutes at Walker Stalker Con in Boston. While my stepdaughter was off in line getting somebody's autograph, we... We were outside in the lobby, and they were showing a uh, a showing of this. And we started watching it. We're like, 
what the fuck is this? Like, this, like, fucking indie film? Like, eh. But we were hooked, like, ten minutes in. It was just amazing. And the series that they do on FX is fucking amazing. And if you haven't seen it, find it on FX and watch this series. It is fucking great. But it's just, you know, you have you have these four vampires that are living in the modern world, uh, living in a flat. Like, one of them is, like, Nosferatu, without, without giving too much, like, away. They have a documentary crew, like, following them around. It's a comedy, though, right? It is. It's a comedy. So that's why, like, it's probably not really horror, but it, there's, like, horror-type like, horror characters in it. I mean, they're fucking it. vampires. So, I mean, yes. Yeah. But it's just great. It's amazingly done. If you get if you get to the series, there's there's one vampire that doesn't it doesn't feed on blood. It's a um, oh, is he vegan? He's <laughs> probably the vampire equivalent to being vegan. He just like sucks he drinks it. true blood. He sucks like your energy out. He, oh, he's an energy vampire. So, succubus. So, so he basically he works at a or an incubus. He works well, at one's a, feminine, one's masculine. I he can't. works at a cube like in a, an office. So he goes to like each cubicle and just like talks to people to death and bores them to death and then when he's done he just smiles and walks away it, it's just it's phenomenal my number four just barely made my list because i literally watched this a few days ago midsummer which i'd always been calling midsummer or midsummer because of the way it's spelled but i guess it's still midsummer and that movie is a bloody trip this is actually something that's on my to-watch list. I want to see this movie. This is something that my family, you know, my grandfather celebrated every summer, you know, at the house. You know, we had our little mini, you know, midsummer pole that you, like, freaking decorate or whatever. Um, so I wanted to see this movie. So I, I, really, I really am expecting good things from it. Just... The fact that you said you have a midsummer pole at your house that you decorate makes me fucking scared to hang out with you. <laughs> if it's anything like the movie, I mean, I'm guaranteeing they take some liberties with the Swedish tradition. The movie is just beautifully shot. It's like, I can't imagine how painstakingly it was to set up each shot for this movie because it's just beautiful. The way they do it. It's a little bit slow for most horror fans, but if you give it a chance, it's totally worth it. It's really good. A lot of people will tell you it's artsy, and that's only because it fucking is. <laughs> but that's fucking okay. Lauren actually recommended this. She said it was like one of her favorite movies of 2019. And it was on my list of movies to try to squeeze in before we did this episode. And look, it made number four. It it was twisted. It was brutal. It was good. Not just good. It was great. It was an awesome movie, and you should definitely see it. Come on, man. Celebrate your Swedish roots. I'm a terrible Swede. I'll tell you that right now. Unless it comes to drinking. I'm very good at that. Hey, well, they did a good amount of that in the movie, too. So, I had I struggled with two and three. Because I didn't know if I should count it as one or two. Okay. Okay, so basically I went with it. Because, I mean, it technically is one thing. Right, it's chapter one I, and chapter two. Chapter one and chapter two. So it's kind of like one and, it's kind of like two and three for me. Okay, so I, when I was making my list, 
I had so many movies that I had to cut it down. So what I did to drastically cut it down was just cut out remakes yeah. altogether. I, and that made my list so much shorter and easier to do, even though I still had to make cuts. But I, I, I appreciate that but, you're but, doing but, but, but it because still, it was awesome. I, I love, I, I, just, I loved both movies. Even like the like the second chapter. I mean, I think they said they used the most like fake blood in. Like, yeah, I believe movie. they set the record for that one scene. They did. Um, so, but, but I, I loved, I loved both of them. I kind of consider it. Like one movie, I guess, because I know like the original was like a mini series across like a week, so it was like it's a little different. But I thought it was very well done. The casting was perfect. It was just overall it was great, great re like re re adaptation. Yes. Did you read the book? I did read the book. The book was awesome. Very twisted. Very but twisted. But they hit on a lot of great points. And one thing that I I haven't seen the second part yet, but Stephen King has a cameo in the pawn shop. Yes, he does. And he jokes about the kid's book. Like he's like, I love the book. Your ending sucked. <laughs> it's so true. That is that is the greatest. Like that's probably going to go down as the greatest Stephen King cameo. Oh, absolutely. Because most people who are Stephen King fans. You love the story, but sometimes the ending is just like, wait, what? <laughs> My number three, Mandy. Hmm. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas fucking Cage at his cagiest. He was perfectly cast into this movie. And oh my God. So not only is the movie, I don't know, crazy, but it's beautifully shot. The colors that they use are amazing. It's like, this movie is a slow burn that ignites into a blazing inferno. If you're going to watch this movie, you have to know that it it is slow at the beginning. But then once it ignites, it just goes and it's just fucking ham until the end. It's great. They let Nicolas Cage just go all cage. And it's perfect. When when you let him go all cage, he is he's something. He's something. You have not seen it, have you? I have not seen it. It's definitely. I mean, again, it's it's. We have a list. You know, we have a list of movies that we haven't quite seen yet, but it's. it's you need on to my, see it. It's on my list. Almost made my number one, but had to squeeze it down to number three. Yeah. All right. So, my number two, Revenge. So, basically, Revenge, perfect name for the movie, kind of explains right. everything you need to know. You've got Matilda Anna Ingrid Lutz, who plays Jennifer, and Kevin Jansons plays her boyfriend, Richard. He's a married man who's very well off, um, he's got a few friends that are, no, I don't know, at least two friends, we'll say, very well off. So they plan this annual hunting trip in the middle of fucking nowhere. But he goes there a little bit early to bring his girlfriend, who's aspiring to be a Hollywood actress. You know, she's just going to move out to L.A., she's going to be famous, and she's having an affair with this guy. His friends show up early. They're not supposed to see her. They meet her. 
they end up all partying. Bad things fucking happen. And then you know what happens to the people that make bad things happen? Bad fucking things. And this movie is great. The music is awesome. It's done by uh, this guy who goes by Rob. He also did the Maniac remake uh, soundtrack. Just the, the beat alone. When I was recovering from surgery, I literally had this song on. The, the theme to revenge. And it just like pumped me the fuck up. It's awesome. And some of the scenes are so brutal. I almost wanted to look away. I will never look away. But I wanted to. And there's just a few scenes where you're just like cheering. You're like, yeah! Oh, fuck this motherfucker! Yeah! Such a great movie. Bring it to number one. Alright. Number one for me. And I chose this because it brought back... It, it was it was kind of refreshing because it kind of brought back like the... Um, like horror movies for me. Because I feel like there was like a lull for a little while. Where just there yeah. weren't there weren't great movies being made. There was I mean there was a few. There, I mean a lot of remakes and things like that. Right. But I'm going with Insidious. Ooh, good movie. Because we saw my wife and I saw the preview, the trailer for this at another movie. I don't remember what it was, and I just I just remember going that could be really good. So we went to see it in the theater, and just anyone who's seen it, it was just, it just that demon thing was just so freaky. Like good the it, lipstick demon. The lip, yeah. I don't know what, why you call it the lipstick demon. No one has to know it's lipstick. <laughs> but it was, it was just great with the with the soundtrack, like the score that like went behind it with like those jump scares. It was. I'm sorry. It was really good. I did not care for the soundtrack. I liked it. I liked the movie. It was fun. I enjoy, I enjoyed it, and I can never listen to Tiny Tim the same. Could you ever listen to Tiny Tim and not be creeped out? Yeah, but this added to it. Oh, through the two lips. <laughs> while, while he's sharpening his blades. Oh, God. His little fingers. <laughs> great movie and it kind of it, it re it kind of re regenerated the fact that like horror movies could be like kind of like good again for it, me anyway. it did a fantastic job of setting the tone the pace was slow enough but not too slow right where it drew out the suspense the cast was great i mean now it was a really fun movie so my number one it's going to be a little bit of a uh, curveball. It's not an actual movie. It's more of a, I don't know, cultural renaissance, an uprising, mutant fam. The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Now, I cannot tell you how ecstatic I was to hear that Joe Bob was coming back to Shudder to do a 13 movie from dusk till dawn, dusk till dawn, weekend marathon. And he played it on Friday the 13th in the summer of 2018. 
And this was supposed to be the end. This was his swan song. And the thing about Joe Bob is, it brought me back to my childhood. Because when I was a kid, just randomly like flipping through channels, he was there to coach me through these random horror movies, which I had seen, hadn't seen, never knew about. He's like what I strive to be. That's what I want us to do for the children. It's for the kids. He did a Friday the 13th all-night marathon way back in the day, and it was so awesome. Like, he didn't have all the rights to all the movies, but who cares? That's not the important thing. He's showing me some obscure movies that had a lot of movies that I hadn't seen. Um, Blood Feast, Basket Case. Basket Case Street Trash. Basket Case The Stuff. The Stuff. I love The Stuff. So many people watched the original Last Drive-In that they broke the internet. Not a lot of people could actually watch it that night live because too many people were trying to watch it and the, the shutter, the whole fucking internet went down. I don't know. That, in turn, became the last drive-in series, which premiered on the night before my birthday. So at midnight, it's obviously still going on, the stroke of midnight's my birthday, and I'm watching Joe Bob, feeling like a kid again. And I cannot tell you how many hours of happiness this has brung me. They've had Thanksgiving specials, Christmas specials. Joe Bob is back. Joe Bob is back in town. And it it's so awesome. Everyone on the, the crew is amazing. Darcy, the male girl, obviously awesome. It's just a, a good fucking time. And I can't wait for season two. I agree. I, everything he just said is... It's, it's fun to watch all those old, just terrible movies. Not all of them are terrible. Some of them are terrible, but, but they're his terrible, commentary. They're, they're terrible in a great way, though. Yes. They're so bad, they're good. Right. Like the stuff. You have ice cream that's eating the fucking insides of you. <laughs> yeah. How is that not, to, like, amazing? It was pretty good. Enough is never enough. <laughs> what do you wish you have seen? What do I wish I had seen? Um, I never got around to seeing Quiet Place. Quiet Place is a great movie. That was on my list. It was very... I know a lot of people kind of shit on it, but I really enjoyed it. Um, Obviously, we know like John Krasinski from The Office. Um, I think he wrote it. You mean Jack Ryan? Sure, him too. Yeah, no, like... He's Jim Halpert. He's always Jim. <laughs> but no, it was, a, it was a great movie. I know a lot of people weren't like thrilled, like they couldn't really talk like throughout the movie, and like a lot That's of it was them, kind of the point, right? A lot of them was you know signing to each other, yeah. But I mean, there were there were like some subtitles a little bit, but I really really enjoyed the movie, and the fact that he got to work like with his wife in it also was was Emily cool. Blunt, yes, also known as Mary Poppins to my children. <laughs> so so I really enjoyed that one okay uh, how about you any movies you wish you had seen well Midsummer's on my list I really want to see that Get Out's on my list I, I want to see that um, The Nun also ooh The, the Nun, Nun yes. The Nun which was but basically but isn't that all in the Conjuring universe it is it's so kind of like, like a, it's like I a have to get to that it's like a spin off of The Conjuring 2 Okay, so yeah, I have to. Which is weird watch because they were they, they were before they were, I start watching spinoffs. They were released like days of each other, which is odd. Hmm. 
So, like, The Conjuring 2 was released, and then five days later, like, The Nun was, like, released. I'm not sure if it was actually in, like, theaters or anything. No, it definitely was. Was it? I believe so, yeah. Um, but. A lot of people, like, <laughs> a really funny fake cover I saw was of The Nun where it splits the face no. and and it's uh, Whoopi Goldberg oh, from uh, Sister, Act. Sister Act and then like the scary nun on top. No, that was <laughs> That's really great. good. Uh, any books that uh, piqued your interest over this past decade? Um, I'm actually in the middle of one. It's it's not real. It's not really horror. I, I guess it, it's based off a horrific event. Okay. Uh, a coworker of mine. Let me borrow this book about Lizzie Borden. So it's basically, it's a fictional book based on fact. Okay. So it's like another take on it. It's kind of, it turns it into a whodunit. Another Massachusetts-based event yeah. down in Fall River. So it, it's it, it's basically, it takes you through like kind of like her take of the events and leaves it up to you to figure out. You know, if you still think she did it or somebody else did it, it's called... Uh, her lesbian lover. There's some weird shit in this book. I'm telling you right now. Um, so what's the book called? It is um, called um, I've Seen What You Have Done. I Have Seen What You Have Done last summer. <laughs> On Friday the 13th. Uh, a book I wanted to recommend, Dr. Sleep. I want to see that so bad. I want to see it so bad, too. But when I read the book, I did not know it was eventually going to become a movie. And uh, see, it was very hard picking one book. But Dr. Sleep is the one I went with because The Shining was such a great book, such a great movie. But, I mean, the book is different from the movie. It was good enough to be yeah. the sequel. This he did a great job with it. It was really good there's a lot of times with with his books i have a hard time just because he gets really wordy he's very wordy and descriptive right so he like, sets the scene he he does but a lot of times it takes like 20 pages to, to describe like a shirt like this guy's wearing but it's important to know about the <laughs> fucking shirt jeremy you have to know why he chose to wear that shirt that day. He didn't pick the shirt because he thought it was cool. He thought he was going to get laid because he wore the shirt. Oh, my God. It's like you're not paying attention. Uh, Any TV shows from the past decade? I started um, Haunting of Hill House. Oh, that was so That was really great. good. And I can't wait for the next... Um, the next series that plans are coming out this year, I forget, but it's like another house. That was so good. We blasted through that. Oh, we did so quickly. It was so well done. So well done. Like American Horror Story. Like American what? Horror Story has been great. The first season was amazing. The I, last season that was that was, was literally amazing. that was literally the only series I watched. Like I watched uh, Monster House. That was the first season. But then I Murder House. Murder House. Yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Murder House was great. And then, like, it started going to, like, other things. Some of them were good. I, I feel like I watched it until Freak Show. Then I kind of fell off. And then I came back for Cult, I believe. Coven? Coven was good. Coven, Coven, was, Coven was good. three, I think. Coven so, was good. So there were, like, a lot of great seasons. But they kind of went, like, way yeah, deep right. into, like, so, crazy reality. So then when I saw they were coming back, 
this this year with 1984, like basically, like, oh, oh my god, I got so excited. It was really good. They did go off like into a crazy American Horror like, Story there style, was like, there but was it was like, yeah, there was great. like two or three episodes where I was just going, what? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> but then it it kind of all circled around and it was awesome. <laughs> yes, that was great. Um, one I want to bring up, Stranger Things. Yes, Stranger yes. Things is another thing that kind of it's very nostalgic. But also, great the way they do every. I mean, this last season was season three so was good. so good, so good. But I love I love the development of Hopper. Yes, I love how he's all of a sudden turned into that protective like asshole dad. It was inevitable. <laughs> and, and after he has that talk <laughs> with um, a god. Um, Finn Wolfhard's character is Michael. Is Mike? Mike. Mike. <laughs> so he's all excited. He gives him the speech, and he's he's driving down the driving down the street, jamming out to Jim Croce's "Don't mess around with Jim." Oh, it's just great. That was one of my, one of my favorite parts. That was good. But another show that we have to bring up: the motherfucking Walking Dead. October thirty first, uh, Halloween. Of 2010. I cannot tell you how excited and nervous I was that there was going to be an actual zombie show on TV. I was just blown away. Jenna ended up actually falling asleep before it came on. So I'm watching it alone. And I was just pumped. I loved it. So, I fought this show. You fought it? Did it beat you up? Is that what happened to your face? It did. It's kind of why I have a black eye. But anyway... My wife loved this show, and she went on and on and on about it. And so the problem with me, at that time, like, I tended to not like, like, so everybody's talking about Walking Dead. It's like, oh, right. I don't like it. It's like, I wanted nothing to do with it. I'm like, I've, I've seen, like, enough zombie things. I'm like, eh, like, another zombie show. Like, and she's, no, it's, it's really not about the zombies. She was not about the walkers. It's like, it's about the people and them trying to survive. And I'm like... Okay, like whatever. So it was around season three, like right around when they got to the governor. So I watched like three episodes in a row that they were watching. Cause just, cause oh, they, so you just jumped in. They, they were watching it, and I was there. And I was like, so we're watching, like, eh, this could be okay. All right. So while she was at work the next day, I went on Netflix. I'm like, you know what? I'll watch the first season. I'll see how it is. I watched the first season. Then I watched the second season. And then I caught up. And then by that point, I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. I'm sad to say I haven't started this season yet because we're kind of watching other shows and we're just going to basically, once they go on their winter break, we're just going to binge it. Well, that's where we're at now. They're in their winter break. I mean, I've not missed an episode. The longest I've gone is like a day because one time I went too long and the next day on the radio they fucking said huge spoiler and I was just fucking heated so like because this is probably my favorite show now did you did you watch Fear the Walking Dead I do watch Fear the Walking Dead too and that that is uh it's a great show too it started off a little yeah different and you're like because it started from the beginning and, right, but and you're like I you already more, know what's going on. But I wanted but more to... of an explanation. 
And, and I thought that's kind of what they were going to give us. You're not going to get an explanation until the end, I don't think. Or if at all. If at all. I don't think you're going to. Do you want an explanation? I want to know what started everything. <sighs> I don't think we need to know. And if we find out, it might be not good enough so. for what we built it up to be. So It's not important. What's important is that we live. That we survive. The zombies aren't important. No. What no, is true. important is our humanity. And that's what it's always been about. For every zombie show or zombie movie, the zombies are always second fucking fiddle to humanity and how we fall apart as a civilization and how humans are basically horrible fucking monsters. So, my cousin actually kind of ruined So we we didn't watch last season of Fear the Walking Dead. We had everything taped. We were eventually just going to watch it. And then... My cousin, my cousin just kind of ruined everything. So it was um, the day the day my grandfather passed. I went over to my cousin's house, and you know she's a big Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead fan. So she's like, "Oh, have you been watching Fear the Walking Dead?" And I'm like, "Or do you watch it?" I'm like, "Yeah, we watch it, I'm like of course." She goes, and then she goes, "So it it you know the new like group of people is like great because so after they killed off like like Madison and Nicholas, I'm like." Wait, what? <laughs> uh, she's like, you, you mean the main characters? She's like, you said you watch it. I'm like, I didn't say I was caught up. <laughs> it, it was just funny. But I was like, that is the one problem with like social media now. I, obviously, you got it in real life. Right. But and, you, <laughs> you just like go on to social media and it's, it's like, Sad face. Right. Madison and Nick. And you're like, God damn it. But I still went back and watched it because I wanted to know how it led up to it and how it happened. Yeah. Great decade for horror. I mean, I don't know what else we could say. A lot of exciting things coming into the next decade. Bill Mosley actually just posted something today where he said 2020 is going to be very exciting. It looks I like he's playing a carnival parker in some kind of movie. He's all dressed up. It looks amazing. Yeah, no, there's going to be some good movies coming out next year, I believe. So, happy New Year's Eve to everybody. <laughs> uh, let's not forget that you can uh, check us out on Facebook at the uh, Fans of the Dead. Check us out on Twitter also. At Fans of the Dead 1. That's number 1. Yep. Hit us up at fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com leave us any type of feedback that you like maybe a movie that you thought should have made this list or maybe why one of these movies on the list should have been higher we want to hear it absolutely and check out our podcast we are on itunes uh, spotify and podomatic so definitely like us there hit the subscribe button like, 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 and we'll see you next year. As always, have fun, be safe, peace.